Know Your Food with Warty, episode 131. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 131. See you there. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at ganalfglins.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about ditching those poisonous processed foods, breaking free from the conventional food paradigm, and instead embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hey everyone, this is the first of two episodes where we're focusing on kids. Uh, next week, we're talking about helping kids learn to cook real food. Today, we're talking about helping picky eaters learn to pick real food, meaning eat real food and love it. Uh, so I'm going to start with the tip of the week. Um, it's very timely and appropriate, I think, to this topic, because if you have a picky child in your house or maybe a picky grandchild and you want to make some changes... This is a tip that's going to help you be more successful at that, and that is don't change everything at once. Take it slowly. Just like it takes time for our uh, health to slip, just like it takes time for bad habits or pickiness to set in, um, it takes time to get back on track. So don't feel like you have to redo your entire pantry, your eating habits overnight for your children. In fact, that's probably a sure way, surefire way to fail because it's a lot for you to tackle, and it's also more than likely going to make your family members or that picky eater rebel. So no matter what strategy that you employ of the eight that I'm going to discuss today, just keep in mind this overarching advice to take it slowly, take it one step at a time, one day at a time, maybe even one strategy at a time. You want your picky eater to feel part of the process instead of alienated by it. And if they feel part of the process, they feel part of the solution. Okay, so that was the tip. Don't change everything at once. Take it slowly. Hi, I'm Morty, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at traditionalcookingschool.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems like eczema and food allergies. But we don't anymore. And I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you, too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com slash free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com slash free today. Now, um... Before we get into today's topic, I'm going to have eight tips for you to help to help your picky eater enjoy and love real food. Um, I want to make a disclaimer. Um, the disclaimer is there's so many reasons for picky eating. Um, there's tastes and you know addictions and um, years and years of habit. There are also more severe. Not to say those things aren't severe, but there are children, there are people that have um, um, conditions, AD, ADD, ADHD, autism. So they have these, 
they have issues with textures and smells and tastes. And so my disclaimer is that the eight tips I'm going to give you today are not necessarily for those children, for those picky eaters. Although it's possible, um, some or all of what I'm going to say today is going to apply. I'm not really talking about the extreme case. Um, if if you have a if you're in a situation where your picky eater is an extreme case, I'm going to refer you to podcast 32. Um, know your food podcast.com/slash 32, where my guest was a wonderful woman, Susan, who is got an amazing um, strategy for um, picky eaters who are coming at it from having those more extreme issues. So that episode is called My Kid Eats Everything, and please go check that out um, because you're going to get more of the help you need over there. Again, today we're talking more general, less extreme cases. So here's why this is important, because picky eaters, they can really have an impact on our families. They can have an impact on mealtimes being pleasant or awful. They can have an impact on if you want to make changes, um, it can really thwart your plans, thwart your efforts, make you want to throw in the towel and not keep up with you know the path that you feel is right and the path that you feel your family should be on. So um, what I'm talking about today are really some strategies to help your picky eaters get on board and to be successful and to, you know, join you on this journey. And in the end, my goal is, my hope is that they will be cheering as well. So here are the eight strategies. Number one is um, involve picky eaters in every aspect of your meal preparation. Of course, you know, this depends on age, but there are certain ways you can involve them. Um, grocery shopping, planning the menu, food prep, serving, setting the table, cleaning up. Children are much more likely to be excited to try food that they've helped to prepare. We have experienced this in our family. If, if I am not actively involving our, our kids and our kids are uh, teenagers and grown. Um, but when they were younger, if I didn't actively involve them, you know, they're off doing their own thing. They're just not as in touch. They're not as excited about the food. But ah, boy, when they helped fix it or plan it or they had some say in the menu or they had some input on the flavor, the ownership in their face and their delight in what we're eating and their engagement with the meal and the preparation was just so over the top different. So as much as you can, involve them. And I just want to point you to if this if this strategy really resonates with you, you definitely want to come back next week for our next podcast, which um, really focuses on getting kids in the kitchen and involved in the process. Um, so come back to episode, well, it's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 132 to really hook in on those strategies. Okay, so strategy number two here for picky eaters is at mealtimes, don't place the focus on the food. Don't make your meals about listening to, to children whine and complain. You don't want to be in the place of bargaining and coercing them. And we've all done it and we've heard it. You know, just try three bites. You don't want to go there. Um, my feeling is, and I know this works out practically, works out differently, practically speaking, in many families. But set the expectation for you are going to have, you know, at least one bite or you're going to have at least three bites. And, and then you don't engage it further than that. It's like, this is the expectation. We're not going to argue about it. This is the expectation. And 
and you don't just leave it there though, because at the table you want to talk about something. So you want to have something else <laughs> to fill the space and fill the air. So not only do the children have the expectation of what's required of them, um, but there's not si uncomfortable silence, negative silence, like I hate being here at dinner. You want to have something positive. Um, yeah, it's a distraction from the elephant in the room, but maybe it's such a positive distraction that you know, all those other, the whining and the complaints and everything just completely goes out the window. And it's just like, you know, not even being squelched. It's just not even there. And the way you do that is with conversation starters. There's there, I have a link for you. If you uh, visit the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash one, three, one to conversation starters, but maybe you have your own practice or maybe, you know, there's just so many things you could talk about. Um, some families every night at dinner they ask everybody what are you what one thing are you thankful for today um there's some families where they have a rule you know there's only one conversation going at the table at a time and so everybody needs to get involved so and or you could have like a current event or you could have um your bible reading and talk about you know what you just read um it's whatever your family flavor is it's going to help you figure out what you want to talk about. But this idea is have something else to talk about that is not the food. Okay. So, uh, that was tip number two. Tip number three is, um, if children don't eat what they're served, they should go hungry until the next meal. And boy, I'm not an advocate of starving children or anything like that. So, you know, we're not going there at all, but here's the thing. If children, um, don't eat what they're served, and then we cave in and they have snacks or they get something else, then they learn that um, when it's mealtime, they can get away with being stubborn or, you know, I'm not eating that because they're just going to be fed another way. So they can't learn that they can rely on snacks or extras to make up for it. And in fact, you could even if they don't eat their plate, you save it for them for the next time. Um, this really sends the message to them that the eating strike isn't going to work. So you don't want to indulge that at all. It's again, it's setting the expectation and then following through with it. So no snacks, nothing else. You know, this is what you're eating. If you don't want to eat it, well, this is what we're eating. So you don't eat. And again, not advocating starvation, but your children aren't going to starve missing a meal. Um, number four. Don't make separate foods for your picky eaters. You want to serve everyone the same thing. Now, many people um, in the traditional cooking school family and Know Your Food podcast listeners have gut issues and are on special diets. So, you know, take this one with a grain of salt. But we're talking about, you know, you have your main meal and it works for everybody pretty much. And maybe a couple people have, like if somebody's on grain-free diet and so your main dish has no grains, but then you've got a side of starches or grains for people who can have it, you know, that's different than having a whole other dish. Like everybody has chili or spaghetti for dinner, but your picky eater doesn't want it and they get a pot of mac Kraft macaroni and cheese. That's what I'm talking about. Don't do different. Okay. Everyone needs to eat the same thing for the most part. Uh, restrictive diets uh, accepted. It's just a rule, and you determine if it's three bites, four bites, five bites, one bites. But again, it's that expectation. You have to do at least this many bites of everything on your plates. You don't have to like it, but you're required to try it. The thing is, if you make separate foods just for picky eaters, they won't have a reason to be adventurous and happy eaters. They're not going to starve. 
you're just encouraging them to be more adventurous. So that's why you make everyone the same thing. Okay, tip number five, cut way back on your store-bought and processed foods. Part of the reason that we're in this situation where people are more picky than they've ever been is because of processed foods. They have additives, chemicals, flavoring, sugar, salt. They make us addicted to those tastes, and we, we, we have to unlearn that addiction. We have to be weaned off that addiction. So if you're continuing to purchase store-bought foods or processed foods, it's not helping at all to transition the family's taste buds back to real foods, whole foods, and the actual natural flavor of foods. Um, those additives and flavorings are tricking the brain, our brains into thinking they taste good. And they're making us think that the real flavors of food are mild, bland, or tasteless. That's not the case. What we have to do is transition back to the real flavors of food. Um, so eliminating that, it helps you to retrain your picky eaters, uh, to love foods in their natural state. And if you don't cut back on those things, it's sort of like you're, what is, I don't know what the phrase is, but, um, you know, you take a step forward and you're just stepping back, right? You're not making progress. It's like a wash. Well, you want to make progress here. So help that transition by not relying on those processed and store-bought foods. Okay. Um, number six, and this goes along with the tip of the week at the very start of the episode, but don't try introducing a bunch of new foods at once. Keep some favorites around. So your picky eaters may have favorites. Try to redo them so that they're made with more nourishing ingredients and keep those around so that your picky eater does have something to look forward to. We're not talking cold turkey here. We're not talking about how life has to completely change for them. We're talking about a transition, taking it slowly. So redo some of you, those favorites so they're healthier and then introduce some new foods or one new food at a time, like maybe one a week. I don't know what the pace is, but you're doing it slowly rather than cold turkey. Um, and my final tip, number eight, is sometimes it's all in the way you cook it. <laughs> like steamed broccoli and oversteamed or overcooked broccoli that's just mush and tasteless. Yeah, it's no wonder your picky eater doesn't like that. But you can roast broccoli, you can toss it in like melted coconut oil um, and then sprinkle it with salt, pepper, and garlic, maybe even some cayenne pepper if they like a little heat, or maybe some smoked paprika. Spread it on a baking tray and put it in a 450-500 degree oven and roast it at a high temperature. And I'll tell you, that broccoli or that mix of vegetables that's roasted that way is so much better than canned or overcooked steamed vegetables. Um, squeeze a little lemon on top. Um, go with fresh vegetables instead of canned or steamed because the flavor profile of pretty much every food is going to change depending on how you eat it. I mean, cook it. So figure out ways to cook foods that your family will love. It's all about their taste, right? I mean, Food is supposed to be enjoyable, and I think it's easy for us, and I'm preaching to the choir here, it's easy for us to get in a rut of doing things the same way and just like, oh, you know, well, dinner's on the table, um, but let's make a little bit of extra effort to explore new ways of preparing things, and I'm not talking a gourmet meal every night, I'm just talking about something special special you try once a week to add a little bit new dimension to the meal maybe it'll be a winner maybe it will be like that meal 
that your kid the next week is, you know, talking to his friend or his friend's mom and saying, my mom made the most amazing broccoli last week. I had no idea I love broccoli. That was so good. Um, so put a little bit of extra oomph or spice into trying some new things to up that pleasure principle of food. Food is nourishing, yes, but part of the nourishment is enjoying it and not feeling like it's just drudgery and tasteless. We want to love our food. Um, so that was number eight. Sometimes it's all in the way you cook it. So those are my eight tips about picky eaters. At the show notes, I'm going to have a link for you with some more information on how to get picky eaters to pick real food. It's an article that Lindsay wrote for the traditional cooking school blog. So visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 131 to get a link to that. Um, I'll also have a recap of these eight tips. And of course, um, a link to My Kid Eats Everything, which is the, um, the podcast, podcast number 32, where my guest talked about special cases like children with autism or ADHD, where the texture of, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of a different battle than the one we've been discussing today. And if, if getting kids to eat uh, real food is important to you, probably getting them to cook real food is important to you. It is to me. I want to raise children that know their way around the kitchen, can recognize real food, um, that will be a blessing to their spouse and their families when they're grown and on their own. So in our family, it's been very important um, that our kids learn how to cook real food. And my guest, Katie from Kitchen Stewardship, next week is coming on to give us more tips and even a free resource um, to help us all do that for the joy of our kids and also the joy of our families because it's a big job for us to feed our families, right? All the cooking and prepping. So how helpful would it be if we had children that were actually competent in the kitchen to share the burden and make it fun, actually, to enjoy time together? Um, so Katie's going to be on to talk about that, and that's episode 132. So depending on when you're listening to this, if it's already up, just head over to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 132, and you can check it out. Uh, let me just give you a date. That'll be on October... 16th. Um, so God bless you all. God bless your picky eaters too. Um, because we learn a lot from challenges in our lives, right? And God, God gives us challenges. God allows challenges for a reason. And we learn about him. We learn about others. We are able to exercise our love and creativity. We learn to rely on him more. So picky eaters, I think they're a blessing and I know it's trying, but hopefully these strategies have helped you and hopefully you walk away just with a deeper love and appreciation for that person in your life that makes you work a little harder. I've learned that, um, through my own experiences with, with people. I've learned to say, thank you. <laughs> thank you for making me a better person because I've had to work a little harder, uh, to love you. Okay. Well, God bless you all. Thanks for joining me and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again very soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. 
You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air, so go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that other people will find this podcast. Thank you so much.